Hi, I'm Kevin Harrington, an original shark from the hit television show Shark Tank, and you're listening to the Underdog Podcast. I've been too high up to fall, question marks, what's up with y'all? All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, 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 underdogs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Underdog Podcast. Today, I'm here with my amazing friend, Nick. How are you, my friend? Uh, I'd be a fool to complain. <laughs> 2024 is treating you well. You're looking fresh. The beard is all cut. Everything is looking... <laughs> <laughs> I had, the, I had right. the holiday look going, uh, you know, before yesterday morning, for sure. I love it. I love it, Nick. Oh, man, it's such an honor to have you, my friend. You know, we were just talking guys, right before we got on, and I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be a powerful one. I'm like, he's all about financial freedom and all the amazingness and just such good energy. I just, I can't wait to get into the story and really find out how you ended up in this space. That stuff always fascinates me. But before we get into that, Nick, what inspired you? Like, what did you want to be when you grew up as a kid? Like, what was your dream? Because we got to take it all the way back. <laughs> all right. Well, cool. So I remember, you know, as a little kid, all I ever wanted to do was fly airplanes. Okay. And um, it got all the way to like, I was in high school and I used to deliver newspapers here in Louisville, Kentucky. And I was within like earshot of the airport and I used to hear these big airplanes because uh, uh, UPS is, this is their airline headquarters. And I, I said to my guidance counselor there, I was like, Hey, I want to fly those airplanes someday. And they're like, well, um, you could go to the military academies or you go to this school down in Florida. And I was like, I'll go to that school in Florida. I don't military academy is not for me. So it, it worked out like kind of like a little bit of an American dream. Okay. I, I wrote down when I was 18 years old, that by the time I was 30, that I wanted that job flying the 747 around the world. You know, I wanted to be married. I wanted to have a family going, wanted to have the, you know, the, the two and a half kids and the dog, the whole shooting match, right? The 401k, uh, the retirement plan. And sure enough, like I didn't know how lucky and blessed I'd have to be to like make that happen. But by the time I was 30, I had all of that. To be honest with you, like I, I really remember feeling like I was kind of levitating. Like I had it made. Like I had this great, great job great pension. I, I had all this time off. I would, I would fly from Louisville to Hong Kong. I would hang out for a couple of days. I'd fly back home. My wife and I would do whatever we wanted. We were starting a family and all this. And then the whole, you know, crash of 0809 happened. Mm. And I lost that job. I lost what I perceived as my ability to provide for uh, my wife. She had just told me we were pregnant with our first kid. You know, the dog is looking at me going, am I going to get to eat? And honestly, that right there set off a chain of events that I can't describe accurately very well. I'd look back and I can see it all, but like, it's very providential for me and how I was wired that I figured out that I was just a well-paid slave. When mm -hmm. I lost that job, I was just a well-paid slave. And there's so many people, Pam, as you well know, they're high paid W2 earners and they're like me. They, they really feel like they have it all, but at the end of the day, they don't have any freedom whatsoever. Right. Right. You and, um, all, but do you, it was right then that I decided that something would be different and it took me, I'm a slow learner. 
So it took me a while to figure it out through the power of a relationship, a faith walk in there, uh, an amazing wife. We figured it out and uh, we live a totally different life now. I don't fly airplanes anymore. I got that all out of my system. And uh, we do what we want to do when we want to do it. That's amazing, my friend. Oh, my goodness. That's super, super powerful. And I love how you just kind of walked us through the journey of how it all happened and originating from when you were a kid that you wanted to fly airplanes. Now, where did like who inspired you for that? Like on the airplane route, was there somebody in particular? No, I, I'll be honest with you, you. This sounds almost hilariously dumb. Okay. But I was, I think, 10 years old when Top Gun came out. And I just like totally was enthralled with the Navy and aircraft carriers and the F-14. Like, I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. And I did. There was a moment there where I was like, hey, I want to go be, um, you know, a Navy pilot. And thankfully, that didn't work out because I got a lot of buddies who've done that. And that just wouldn't have worked out for me. It wasn't my jam, but I just had that in my crawl. And I didn't, you know, growing up here in Louisville, we didn't have any family friends that were UPS pilots or uh, pilots really at all. I had a, one of my dad's buddies took me up one time in a little airplane, but um, you know, you kind of get this bug and, and once you like get in the cockpit of an airplane, it, it does kind of grab you. And then it just kind of grew legs and it's all of my peers in the aviation world would tell you the same thing. But you know what's so funny now, Pam, is I have no desire to be in a cockpit anymore. Zero. It's all out of my system. Interesting. I'm wondering, you know, what's interesting is how life kind of takes you through these phases where you think you want to be somewhere, but it's really just a stepping stone, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, that's I joke, fascinating. I joke that I used it as an ATM. And, you know, there's there's some stories along the way about how I wound up like cutting it off completely. I wound up in a car wreck a, a few years ago that I lost my ability to fly due to a vision issue. And it's just kind of funny. Like, I think a lot of people in my shoes would be really sad and like felt like their identity was stripped from them. But um, the reality of it was like, I can only laugh, to be honest with you, about that. Like, I couldn't draw it up. Like, I couldn't. It makes not a lot of sense to me other than. I'm just meant to go do something else. And thankfully my wife and kids are amazingly supportive and I have an amazing business partner and we have amazing initiatives and I have a lot of reason to get out of bed every day. I love that. I love that. But it wasn't always that way, right? You know, at one point you had the American dreamer or so, you know, what everybody chases, right? At that point. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it breaks down in front of you. And now in 2023, I had a lot of friends that faced a similar type of situation. Like they had okay. literal melt meltdowns in their life where things just felt like they were tumbling down, but we're just now seeing the reason why that's happening. And they say sometimes that the universe forces you to shift, right? Because had things not broken down that way, you would have never left, right? You would have yeah. just sat there comfortable, doing what you do, you wouldn't have made that shift into what you're doing now. And that's what I kept telling all my friends and, and the, you know, that they're like, oh my God, my life is over. And the same scenario happened with you, Nick, where, you, you know, all of this stuff was stripped and I'm sure at the time it didn't seem very nice. Or you're like, why the hell is this happening? And so for anybody who's yeah. listening right now, um, that's maybe going through that, like, can you walk us through kind of how you were able to rebuild from that moment and kind of steps that you took? Because that's a heavy, that's a heavy hit. 
you know? Um, and there's yeah. others listening right now that definitely could be going through something where they feel like their world is shattering around them. And okay, how do I rebuild from here? Yeah. So you can think of it like this. I love weather. Okay. Like I had a minor in aviation weather and I, and I've, I was always fascinated by it. I still am. But the cool thing about weather is it always moves. So if you're in a storm, there's a hundred percent chance that it's going to pass. Okay. But what you really got to know is what do you want? Okay. So it's biblical. It says uh, right there. And I think it's in Proverbs without vision, man will perish. Okay. So I don't, whether you believe in that story or not, there's all these passages, right. That are, that absolutely have application to our lives. Are you familiar with the Dan Sullivan who owns strategic coach? Yes. Okay. He's got this phenomenal question. And what I would encourage uh, you and all your list listeners to do is answer this question at a minimum every quarter. And, and the simple question is, if we're sitting here three years from now, looking back at today, what are all the things that have to happen both personally and professionally for you to be happy with your progress? And what it does is it forces you to cast vision. So many people have trouble casting vision. Like a great friend of mine is the is Michael Lennington, the co-author of the book, The 12 Week Year. It's, it's only been a New York Times bestseller for over a decade. And he's got this great, uh, he calls it the field guide. It's a 12 week year field guide. And it starts at the beginning with casting vision. And he, he gets you to go out 20 years and work back to 10, then five, then three, then one, and then all the way down to what are you going to do every day? Okay. Mm. That's such a Herculean task for some people. Now, the way he lays it out in his field guide, which is sitting right over here on my desk, because I fill one out every year, it, it's, it's super brilliant. Okay. But if you're just wading into the waters of this, just start with that three-year vision. What is it that you want? You know, so I started going, well, I want my passive income to meet or exceed my ideal standard of living. I want my wife and kids and I to be able to go do whatever we want to do when we want to do it. Like I want to, if I choose, like you and I are recording here today, both of us chose to be here. Neither of us has to be here, right? Right. There's the power of choice. And no one likes feeling like they have to do something because now you feel like a slave. Like if my flight schedule said, hey, I've got to go get in the jet and fly from here to Reno today. Well, okay, I can try to spin that to a positive, but the reality of it is I have to do it. And so it requires us to rethink our thinking. Nelson Nash talked about in his book, Becoming Your Own Banker, is we have to be willing to rethink our thinking and reshape what it is that we want. Because I was told to go get a go get a college education, get a good job, work there for 35 years till I'm retirement, till I retire, and then hope I don't run out of money by the time I die. Just because that's the narrative that was taught to you and I when we were kids doesn't mean that's the narrative we have to live out. Mm. Like I reject the norms. All right. Only the dead fish go with the flow. Right. Like I want I, when everyone's going right, I'm curious what's going left. And that curious nature of mine is what allowed me to break away from all of that, but it was really this desire to have something better than I could have conjured up. So maybe that's it. It's just this, it's almost like little kids, right? Like you've got little kids and I've got little kids. Like they ask why all the time, mm -hmm. right? Like channel that inner little kid in all of us. I mean, I'm, I'm almost 50 years old and I'm as little kid as there's ever been with all <laughs> I love that thing. I love that you said only dead fish go with the flow. And it's so true because 
here, here's the thing. And for anybody who's listening, I want you to really think about this. When was the last time that you really thought about why you do what you do on a daily basis? Yeah. For what purpose? You start to look at the things and you're like, well, damn, <laughs> right? Why am I, you know, there's a time waster here. There's time wasting here. Why am I doing this for? For what purpose does this have in, in right, my right. space? Yeah. And that's Simon Sinek talked about that, right? In the Start With Why book. And I saw him speak once and he talked about, and I can't remember if he talked about this in his book there or not, but ask why seven levels deep, because the first answer is not the real answer. Whatever that answer is, follow it up with why, right? Get to the bottom of it. And I know what my why is in the grand scheme of things. And you, I suspect you do as well. And that's, you know, if you are really trying to break away, like if you're really trying to, I love the underdog, like, tell me I can't do something. Watch what happens. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, mm-hmm. you, you're going to bet on, you're going to bet on Pam or bet against Pam. You're going to bet against Nick, like get your checkbook ready. That's just how we're wired. Right. Like we want to overcome all the obstacles and you got to figure out how to embrace that struggle too. You can't run from the struggle. There's a great analogy and people, a lot of times will draw up what they want and then they start figuring out all that they have to do. And that is always rife with challenge, right? They see the resistance. Okay. We see the obstacles. You and I look at obstacles and we call those opportunities, right? The person that hasn't had a lot of reps with this doesn't see it that way yet. And so I always use the, that scene in uh, the Shawshank Redemption. What did he have to do to get to Zawantnao? He had this vision, right? Back to, back to that. But what did he have to do that night? He had to crawl through that sewer pipe, right? However many feet that was, he says it in there. I don't know if it was 500 feet or whatever it was in that sewer pipe, right? To get to Zawantnao. When you have those things in your life right now, I've got them in my life right now. We're crawling through the stinky pipe to get to where we want to go. Don't run from that. Like that's part of part of the thrill. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people get disillusioned these days because it's like they see the end goal and it's so shiny and beautiful. Oh my God, financial freedom. Oh my God, all these things. And then they forget right. that you have to go through the mud, those dirty pipes in order to get there. It's not just like an overnight situation, right? Like how many years did it take you to rebuild, Nick, from that point where, where you were laid off from your job? Like, you know, how long did it take you to really start building what you have today? I'm a super slow learner. I got into some other businesses and whatnot, but I'll tell you what the defining moment was, is I was just being curious. I'm still, I, I don't have a rival syndrome. I'm not there yet because I'm not done. My obituary will be my retirement papers. So there's no like checkbox, but I'll tell you what, what really changed my life was understanding the financial world. That mm-hmm. changed the game. I was actually hanging out with a guy one night and I was complaining about the financial system because I kept going and sitting down with financial advisors thinking that they were the answer. And, and I would leave every one of these meetings and I would go, hmm, I think you're probably a decent guy. I'd probably have a bourbon with you, play golf with you, but pretty sure your whole shtick is for your benefit, not mine. But I couldn't put my finger on the problem. It was just my gut. And this guy one night said, well, have you ever heard of infinite banking? And I said, no idea what you're talking about. And so over the course of that night, I was trying to ask this guy, or I was asking this guy all these questions that he couldn't answer. He's like, just read the book, just read the book, just read the book. And so I finally read the book. And it's a simple book called Becoming Your Own Banker by R. Nelson Nash. And this 92 page book, small words, big font, something even I could understand. That right there told me the, all the unseen about money. 
Mm. And that changed the game for me. And what I realized is that, Pam, you're going to see five to 10,000 ads a day. Do you know what they all have in common? They're all geared to get money to flow away from you. Mm. And the real wealth in this world knows how to get money to flow to them instead of away from them. And I just never put that together. I was so conditioned to go exchange time for money, to be a slave for the industrial machine. And, you know, once you see it, you cannot unsee it. You know, are you familiar with the logo that's inside the FedEx logo? No. You know where it's F-E-D-E-X, okay? Well, between the E and the X is an arrow. And now when the next time, just Google FedEx, you're going to see it on a truck. I'm telling you now, you will not be able to unsee it. Wait a minute. I have one right here. Hold on. (laughs) This is going to bother me until I see it. Right here? Yeah. Look look at the arrow between the E and the X. What the hell? (laughs) Oh my God. It's there. You've never seen that before, have you? No. And it's very intentional. It's not by chance. So the financial world is the same way. Once I saw the problem and the solution, that's when everything changed. That's when I was like, you know what? I know that my blessing is being a connector and I'm going to connect people to this message. I'm going to practice what I preach. I'm going to help improve and empower those around me the best I can. And I'm not going to worry about the results. That's not my focus. I'm just going to keep moving with mission all day. And now we have this whole firm that between my partner and I have over 45 years of teaching people financial freedom. And it is about how do you go create passive income by behaving like the bank? And there's so much noise out there, just like in your space, right? There's a lot of people out there. They've never put a deal together one time, right? You've got an amazing track record. We joke it's called a plus one, right? You've got way more than one plus one. But there's a lot of people out there talking and pontificating just because they got money to promote themselves on the internet. Mm. And that part's painful. And it's hard to train ourselves to wade through the noise and recognize signal amongst all the noise, right? And so it's training our ears to differentiate between ads and noise that's getting money to flow away from us instead of understanding some of the most powerful and important lessons in the financial world out there and how to use that. So it's been a journey. It's a journey of training my ears, training my eyes to see the unseen, question the unseen, seek it out, be that curious person. And, you know, I'm still a pretty trusting person. You know, I used to get in a big jet and trusted that the mechanic did his job. You know, mm-hmm. um, we didn't check their work, right? We just got in the jet and we went, the engineers and the mechanics did their job, but you just have to, you do have to trust in that. You have to trust your eyes and your ears and your gut and don't be afraid to make a mistake. Get in the batter's box. I love that. Nick, so much to unpack with well, all the things that you just said. I just love that you've always stayed curious. You've always asked those questions and you've allowed yourself to kind of open yourself up to the space because you know what people don't realize about money. I mean, it's how do you get it to flow to you? There's a whole lot of uh, universal laws that go in tandem with yeah. that, about opening yourself up to receive. If you're not opening yourself up to receive, guess what? You're never going to receive it. Uh, yeah. Have you read the book, The Go-Giver? No, I haven't, but I keep hearing about it and I need to, and I need all right. If I send you a copy, will you read it? 
Absolutely. It's a bit on okay. my list. I just haven't done it. <laughs> All right. So I'll get your address when we're done and I'm going to mail you a copy. So the, the five laws of stratospheric success. Okay. It's a great parable. It's like 115 pages and I read it once a year, but I won't spoil all the five laws, but they're on a, they're on a canvas hanging over here in my office. It's like our core principles, but the fifth law is the law of receptivity. Mm-hmm. I think it's the hardest one. It's yep. being open to receiving. And it could be as simple as you and I go to lunch and I say, I'll buy. And you go, no, 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 no. I want to buy, or I'll get next time. Nope. Don't steal my gift. Right. Mm-hmm. That's my gift to you. We don't keep score. All right. It's just being open to receiving, not having a rival syndrome. A rival syndrome is that, that mindset. I know everything. No, we have to be willing to completely rethink our thinking on all fronts all the time. Because if not, you're just going to be stuck where you are. Amen. It's the God honest truth. And what you said about the receiving, like, you know, that being a gift, like when you take somebody out, like I, that's something that I've even, I've even struggled with, you know, like growing up and stuff, you know, cause when you're, when you're growing yeah. up and in, in, in my world, you know, growing up it, with my parents had nothing came to the U S with nothing and really built their way up, you know, like receiving was something I had to really like learn <laughs> to do. Cause yeah, I'm, yeah. Oh, no, I got it myself. Yeah. I got it myself. And it's like, so you're still working through that. So it's amazing how money is so interconnected with, with personal development, if you will. That's why some of the most successful entrepreneurs that I know in this world have done so much work on themselves and their mindset in order to be able to receive and become who they are. So it's fascinating when you're talking about this and the financial freedom and and all this, just the whole thing. It's it's incredible. And, you know, in your world, Nick, like I would love to know, like, you know, when it comes to financial freedom, like how do how does one really uncover that right like is it is it this receiving that we're talking about like what are like almost the steps and like your advice or you know we could walk us through your journey to kind of give that example but um it's just so fascinating to hear how everybody's kind of gone through their their path because like you said once you see it you can't unsee it right yeah yeah i mean it really was just understanding the financial machine it Mm -hmm. it wasn't much more difficult than that but Here's one thing, and and I suspect that you've had a mentor or two along the way, right? Fair, you didn't come up with all this stuff on your own. I've not done a lot of the smart things in my life, but I've done a, a couple of them. Is I read Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker. I was so intrigued. I was like, this is what I've been looking for. Like, I want to take control of our money, not someone else be in control. I reached out to Nelson. I, I found him down in Alabama, this 81, 82-year-old guy. And I said, Nelson, I see no one is certified in the state of Kentucky to teach this. And he said, well, if you want to get certified, you got to do this, that, and the other. I'm like, okay, just tell me where to sign him in. And so I do all that. I get his certification. And I say, Nelson, I need a mentor. And he goes, Nick, you don't need a mentor. You nailed it. I'm like, Nelson, I've completely fooled you. I need help. I didn't know how to articulate that. I didn't know how to articulate the power of the messages in his book. He reached out to the guy who is arguably the Michael Jordan of our business, uh, Jim Oliver, um, who's only been doing this for 36, 37 years, a homeless foster kid on the streets of Inglewood, California, as a kid who figured out how to get to the other side of the railroad tracks and has a passion for teaching people financial freedom. This is the guy who calls me. I'm just some knucklehead pilot in Louisville, Kentucky. And here this guy calls me. Little did I know, Pam, that was probably the most 
defining phone call I've ever had in my life because he showed me the real truth. He helped me unpack Nelson's book, the 92 pages. He shown me the path to financial freedom and given me the tools to show people how to go do it. You know, and I always just joke, you know, Scotty Pippen gets drafted by the Chicago Bulls in 1987 or whatever. And Scotty Pippen winds up being one of the 50 greatest players in the NBA of all time. I don't think that Scotty is the top fifth in the top 50 or wins six championships unless he's drafted to the Michael Jordan's team. And that's how I feel. Like I've just been so blessed to get blessed with this amazing mentor and amazing resource. And so now our mission is don't keep it to ourselves. Figure out how to improve and impact and deliver those messages to other people. And we collaborate with people all the time. People bring us, it's ideas and deals and all of that. We're, we're like, I have ownership and things I'd never even heard of five years ago, right? You know, you're talking about your new opportunities. Like, you know, it's funny as my 14 year old has kind of been dabbling around looking at things like that. He's getting a financial education that I never got as a kid. Like opening those doors, like I do believe that our biggest opportunity to impact and improve people is right at our kitchen table. Amen. And so I've got four, seven through 14 years old, and we just have different conversations. Yeah, that's that's what gets us moving. I absolutely love that. I absolutely love that. Oh my goodness, Nick. There's so, there's so much. And I love that you talked about the mentor kind of putting stuff into perspective for you, because it's interesting when they step in and they really start to give you a whole new out onset, like in perspective on things, you're just like, what? Like I never, never saw it that way, you know? And it's just like the things that they can unleash in you is like unbelievable. So having that, that mentor is really, really everything. I mean, my mentor is I've been my world and, you know, every single day I'm learning, right. It's a whole new process. Yeah. And everyone's like, well, babe, you've been in development for the last 10 years. I'm pretty sure you know a lot. I'm like, listen, this, everything is shifting all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Just like the weather never stops moving. You have to adapt or die. Amen. And I think that a lot of people, you know, especially now heading into the new year, Nick are like, okay, well, I want financial freedom and I want, you know, I want to know what that looks like and all that. And don't really have an idea of where to start. Right. Cause then you've got all these funds that are like, you got to be an accredited investor. You got to do this. You got to do that. And then there's things coming out fractionalization of real estate where it's like, Oh, invest this much, but then they're not sec certified. You know, there's like a million and a half different, you know, opportunities. So I'd be curious to hear, like, if someone said right now, somebody was listening and saying, Hey, Nick, like, how do I be become financially free? Like what's the first step in in doing that? Um, What would be your advice? Yeah. Educate yourself, educate yourself on what is going on in the financial world. So, you know, we have a couple of resources and this isn't a shameless plug or anything, but it's where I started. You can go to, anyone can go to community.createtailwind.com. It's our online community, or you can download our app called create tailwind, all one word. And understand what the heck is going on in the banking world, okay? Banking is only the most powerful business in the world. There's not a transaction that goes on without it, okay? So if you really want to achieve financial freedom, understand how the bank works. Even if you choose to not be your own banker, understand how the bank works, okay? Like you've done, you've gone to the bank and gotten, you know, millions of dollars of loans. I've done the same if you don't understand their game, good luck getting the money, right? You got to speak their language. You got to have the paperwork done the right way. Uh, you know, there's people that joke they've got their personal financial statement that's for the bank and they got the one for the 
for themselves, right? Like there's, you, you got to understand how the bank thinks about things, right? So you can go on uh, our resources and, and you can watch the what is IBC, uh, infinite banking concept uh, resource. You can get Nelson Nash's book called Becoming Your Own Banker, but understand there's a lot more to the financial world than what the financial industry is telling you. Right. I feel like Educate. they keep they gatekeep so much information, right? Yeah. Once they realize that you don't need them, all the veils drop and you get to see the, you know, the uh the wizard behind the curtain, kind of the floodgates open. But if they smell that you feel like you need them, it's a different ball game. That's so fascinating. You're right. Like no, not a single thing happens without the bank. And the thing is learning how to leverage the bank can change your life, right? You know, I know that there some people are big on Dave Ramsey, no debt, no debt. It's like, okay, well, it's going to take you lifetimes to build wealth if you don't know how to properly leverage, unfortunately. Right, Nick? Listen, the most powerful word in the world in the money in the money world is leverage. There is not a financial institution in the world that's not using leverage. Like the bank, you know, the bank makes money by lending money. Period. Okay? Whose money do they lend? The depositor's money. On average, the bank makes 2,600% more than the depositors with the depositor's money. Okay? It's it's leverage, right? If you think that by paying cash, Dave, I did Dave's financial lunacy course, all right? Like his math is wrong. I figured out how to disprove it. I didn't understand it when I sat in his course 15 years ago but I know how to debunk his math now. Cash has a cost. Remember this, you literally finance everything that you buy. You either pay interest to other people or when you pay cash, you give up the ability to earn interest and there's no in between. So if you've got a million dollars sitting in a money market account right now, earning four or 5% and Pam, you come along and offer someone 12% in, a, in some real estate deal, you got to decide, do you want the 5% or the 12%? Mm. It, it, it has a cost to pay cash, right? Or worse, if you go buy a million dollar house with cash and you, that money comes out of that money market account, your house isn't an asset. Let's get that, you know, Robert Kiyosaki, if that jars you read rich dad, poor dad, because savers are losers, right? Um, your house is not an asset. Assets make you money. Like we have to reshape how we think about these things, right? Because you're sold something else and it's for other people's benefit. So Nelson Nash in his book, Becoming Your Own Banker, he just said, listen, you finance everything. So if you finance everything, if all your money flows through a bank, why wouldn't you be the bank? And I ask people all the time, Pam, would you rather have all the money you've made in Wall Street or all the money that you've paid to other people in interest? Mm -hmm. You want all the interest, right? Has anyone in the financial industry ever talked to you about solving that problem? No, that's what our clients do. That's what we do. We put money into basically a tax shelter, and then we use that to finance all of our endeavors. And over time, I collect all that in, all that interest, and it'll impact my family for generations to come. That's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, that's leverage right there, but you've got to know how to structure it, right? That I think is super, super key. And and I mean, even like, I mean, there's people out there that think like with their four, they're safe because of their 401k. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, I got news for everybody. The 401k is not the eighth wonder of the world. Literally. And they're like, oh, yeah, but I've got a 401k. I'm like, 
Okay. You know, now people are starting to learn how the money game works or are really curious about it. That's why I was so fascinated to learn, like, you know, in your perspective, what, what are the first steps for somebody who's interested in this? Because, you know, this perspective of like you being the bank and you kind of running things, I mean, it's a whole different ball game. Like, what are you really yeah. doing with, with your capital? I mean, one of the most powerful things that I, I learned in, in college, which wasn't until my senior year, and, it, and honestly, I learned it then, but it didn't really hit me until I was an entrepreneur, where my entrepreneurial finance teacher said to me, Pam, the most powerful thing in entrepreneurial, in the entrepreneurial world is opportunity cost. He's like, yeah, something could make you money, but... You need to factor in your time in every single thing that you do, because that is the one immeasurable piece to this whole entrepreneurial finance thing. Because what you're doing here, could you do here or better? You know, there's like all these different, all these different things. Like you said, you, you could put your money in a money market account, but did you know maybe there's somebody out there that's offering 12% and you're making more than double what you've got going on right now? Like, it's just, it's so incredible how all yeah. of you get laid out. Yeah, I mean, we have this huge problem. Do you think your taxes are going up or down in the future? Up. Yeah, and so how do we solve that problem? It's an ancillary problem that we solve by putting money into a tax shelter and then being able to use it. But taxes are going up. You know, we have clients with tens of millions of dollars sitting in checking account, money market accounts, T-bill accounts, and they're like, I have a problem. I'm completely exposed to taxation. So how do I solve that problem? And that's what we're showing people how to do. I mean, you know, it's always funny. People think that what we teach is such a contrarian thing. And it's really for the real, like maybe even conspiracy theorists. I'm like, I always laugh. I'm like, do you realize every Fortune 500 company does this? Every major bank in America, half of Congress and both the knuckleheads that ran for president last time, all do what we teach. How contrarian do you think it really is? Why are you... The average consumer smarter than all of those entities. Mm -hmm. well, every one of those people and entities has figured out how to get money to flow to them in the most uncommon way imaginable. And you're smarter than them. Okay. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, that's the arrival syndrome mindset. It really is. And I mean, I think it derives from, you know, growing up in your childhood and having scarcity, scarcity mindset, if there wasn't, yeah. wasn't enough, you know, then you grow up and you have this rival syndrome where like, you know, you, you think there's competition that it can't possibly flow to you. Oh, because that person has it means I can't have it. But it's like, really what people don't realize is those at the top are always collaborating. It's those at the bottom that are viewing competition. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love, so you you bring up one of my favorite words, abundance and scarcity. So like a closed fist, that's a scarcity mindset. Nothing can flow into it. Nothing can, can flow out. Open fist is an abundant mindset. Everything can flow into it. Everything can flow out of it. And and I always just remember remind myself of this. Motion's a law of God. If If air doesn't flow through your lungs, you're dead. If water doesn't flow, it's stagnant it's poisonous and if money doesn't flow it's dead that's what you know there's multiple reasons why kiyosaki says savers are losers but uh one of them is is that right there right it's incredible and and this this is my favorite question too by the way nick it may tie into what you just said but what would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now like what is the one thing 
get medieval about understanding what makes you tick. I've done a few personality things, personality like profile things, and then I've hired people to help me unpack it and understand like, what is my unique ability? What are the things that I'm terrible at and shouldn't even try to get better at, right? What are the, like, embrace your DNA. And it took me a long time to get there. I ran from things for too long. Instead of leaning into what, how I was wired and the gifts that I have. And I would encourage all your listeners to really get real in the mirror about understanding yourself. And don't run from it. Yep. And so some of my most powerful mentors too, they, they told me the same thing. They're like, Pam, you got to know your strengths and you delegate your weaknesses. That's right. This notion of working on your weaknesses is a waste of time. Literally. Literally. And I think it also makes you quite measurable too. If you try to, you try to morph into something that you're really not, and you're just like fighting against yourself. And then all of a sudden you've got all this friction and nothing's moving and it's stagnant energy. And then, like you said, boom, no movement, you're dead. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 It's, it's unreal. It's unreal. I love that. I love that though, Nick. That's, that's such a brilliant thing. And I think that once you start to understand yourself and your gifts, you not only tap into your own unique purpose and you know what you're divinely built here on this universe to do, but you also start like living in flow, right? You're not working against it because every time you're up in the ocean and you're up against the tide, like you're not, you're going to get smacked every time. But when you're flowing with it, it's right. a whole different story, right? You don't have to, it's effortless. And people think I'm crazy when I say that. I'm like, when you're really living in flow, things will just start happening that you're just like, what the, it's all coming together. Like I didn't even have to try. Yes. Because you're in flow, you're receiving, you're open, you're living your highest and best. You're understanding yourself, but with, to get there, you got to know who you are, which ties into directly what you said. That's right. Know what you want, understand yourself, get everybody on your team aligned. You know, like my wife and I know what we want. Kids, we don't hide things from them. Like everybody's got to be moving in the same direction. I can't have that resistance from inside our own team. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know, from the non-family members, the, the business partners, they got to be aligned or they got to get out. Like, Hey, if this doesn't work, then let's part ways and go our separate ways. No harm, no foul. I love that, Nick. Oh man. And I love your passion too about financial freedom and all the things, my friend. I mean, I'm sure everyone who's listened to this episode, this has been a super, super exciting episode for me. And I just absolutely adore the conversation. I learned so many things and so many nuggets like all throughout your interview. I've absolutely loved it, Nick. And now you've got to let everyone know where to find you and your awesomeness. You kind of, you dropped some links earlier, but definitely just like wherever anybody can find you to connect with you and learn more about what you do, all the things. Yeah. So I would say that our, our online community, you can go to createtailwind.com. There's a link to the online community. Join that. Watch what is IBC. You can find me on there. You can direct message me. You can schedule time with me all through there. Uh, if you want 20 minutes of my time to ask more questions, it's free. Uh, there's no strings attached. I would tell you that I'm terrible about following up and all of that with people. It's a no hassle guarantee uh, with me. You can find us on uh uh, Instagram, create tailwind or Nick underscore Costco, K-O-S-K-O. -K Happy to connect with any of your listeners and, and help them shape a path uh, to their financial freedom. I love it, Nick. It's been a true honor, my friend. You are amazing. I love your energy. I love your story, everything that you're about. I'm excited to see what you build in the future and how you help you. have other people in the path of financial freedom as well. So thank you so much, my friend. So grateful to have Appreciate you. you. Yeah. Thank you, Pam. Looking forward to uh, seeing you here soon.
Absolutely. So much collaboration, my friends. So much collaboration. I'm so excited. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Catch us next week, always dropping on Thursdays. And remember, if you're interested in real estate or want to learn how to create more money and magic in your life, check out meetwithpamela.com and let's chat. Sending you so, so much love. Underdogs, 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 underdogs.